Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Chapter Tactics, where we go over strategies and tactics for both new and veteran players alike. I am your host, Magikarp Usefly. With me today, we have the very beautiful and very uh, custodial-looking Bricky. No. <laughs> no, don't do that. Yeah. Don't do that. Yeah. Scarry's here. You're embarrassing me. Yeah, you look like, yeah. I don't want to be associated with the Golden Boys. <laughs> I, you know, if it actually, you know, it's okay. you know, skip past me. Go to back to go to John P. Okay, all right, and oh, okay, all right, and then we got I'll John P. <laughs> hey, it's me. I'm after him. Yeah, yeah. Also looks like a custode, and then we also have the other man that looks like a custode, Scarry. Yeah. Me? Are you serious? I'm saying that you what, look good. All my boys look good. You you have the fever, okay? <laughs> and the only solution is more cowbell. <laughs> man. man, that, man. That, that is something I haven't heard in forever. It's the same. <laughs> I feel old. All right. So um, you guys will notice that we haven't uh, uploaded a Chapter Tactics episode in a while. We had LVO. That took a really big uh, strain on our, um, on the schedule here for Chapter Tactics. Uh, but we are back and at full motion here. And with that, we got the new Grand Tournament. What is it called? The Knackmond something? Bricky, do you know what it's actually called? Uh, Warzone Knackmond's uh, something? Oct Octarius Data? I don't, I don't know. Yeah, something like that. John P., you want to give a crack at it on what the title is? Uh, I mean, I have the book. It says Warzone Nachman Grand Tournament Strike Force. Fake news. Oh, God. Oh, actually, no, no, no. It also says Incursion. So, yeah, oh, okay. Warzone Nachman Grand Tournament. <laughs> Strike like Force Incursion. Strike yes. Force Incursion. Onslaught. On Definitely <laughs> just want to grab those Incursion missions and rip out the pages if you're thinking of going to a GT. Honestly, every time you open the book, it'll go to an Incursion mission. It's a waste of time. Just tape them shut, glue them shut. Just rip them out of that book. You don't need them. Dude, I, you, I cannot... you need to save the weight, you know? You're carrying yeah. a lot of stuff around. Those pages make the difference. You know, like, I cannot tell you how many times I have flipped through the GT book and started setting up for a mission <laughs> only to find out that it was an uh, an incursion mission. Yeah. I think that's the biggest <laughs> one, right? <laughs> yeah. Yep. So uh, we have the GT missions here, and we're just going to be going over them, talking about what we think about them, because this is huge if uh you guys haven't been reading up on uh what's going on with the new grand tournament um i'll just give you guys a few caveats real quick of what's happening here first and foremost uh no more sub factions you can't mix multiple sub factions uh with this gt so that means that if you're running things like chronos and leviathan you can only pick one of them and that's pretty much it if you're chaos demons there's like a few outliers there and you're still fine there but for everybody else if you're like gray knights can't take uh, Prescient along with uh, Rapiers. So you have that. We've also got some new secondaries. Um, more, 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 you know, they, uh, some are good. Yeah. Some are meh. Yeah. Okay. Some, some, like, some are And yeah. I'll tell you, it's nice to have a faction have a secondary if they don't have the codex. Yeah. 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 Nice. Beautiful. <laughs> Kill something. Okay. Just hope there's no forests on the table for Vexillas with minus one to hit. Well, that's... We have many issues besides that, but but a secondary that's just kill things. Love it. Yeah, but then what about the other people that don't have that type of secondary? You know? Uh, like, like who? Demons? Yeah, demons are pretty bad. Then, then, yeah. There's a kill thing secondary. 
Isn't it kill things by making it run away? Yeah, it's from morale. No, there's, there's two parts. It's making models run away, and then for every unit you kill, you have to, like, beat their leadership, and, and you get points if you beat the leadership. It's like kill points per leadership. Yeah. Each time a model, no, each time a model flees the battlefield, score a victory point. That's the first Destroyed by chaos demons. Roll two d six. If the result equals or exceeds the current leadership of that model, score a point. Oh God! Right. Can you imagine? So that's when you kill Custodies, a unit. they're eleven. Yeah. All right. <laughs> they just be don't hard take to that. do it against custodians, but against guard though. Oh, easy. You, you know what? If, yeah. you're, if you're having a hard time against guard, <laughs> then we've got other problems. Listen, okay. All right, listen. Okay, demons already have it rough. Don't don't make them feel worse. Okay, if they... What? what they, there's still vengeance for Cadia. Like, it's still... Yeah, that is I, also I, very true. That is a very that dumb is, strategy. That is still the best one CP stratagem in the game. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I raise you demon forged. I oh, raise you guys oh, breaking through. Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> full rerolls to hit a wound. Corn Lord of Skulls. All right. Okay, the well, Tonka truck does get a fun toy to play with. Sure. <laughs> I raise you Kareem. <clears throat> I raise you guys. Ooh, it's, I still think it's watch breaking after through. That one. I still think it's breaking through. You guys are crazy. All right. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> All right. So uh, that's that's basically the rundown of what's changed. Also, primary points. You can only score them as four, eight, and twelve uh, for holding primaries. If you hold one, you get four points. If you hold two, you hold you gain eight points. And if you hold three or more, or no, if you hold more than your opponent, you get twelve points. On top of that, uh, there's now these things called progressive objectives for every single mission. Missions no longer have any type of secondary, so your minimized losses, uh, priority targets, vital intelligence, what is it, data intercept, all those things um, can't take them anymore. They are just gone entirely and instead you have these mm -hmm. progressive objectives where you can score points um to make up for not holding objectives uh in the game which is a uh, pretty nice i like it um i think that first let's start off with a uh, round table of what everybody thinks so far about the new missions and i think that let's start with uh john p what do you think yeah yeah um i haven't had a chance to play the game yet but just reading it it seems like um, definitely having that codex secondary is going to be so, so vital uh, for any army because they just stripped away those um, mission secondaries that a lot of people would take to fill in after they took Rod and Engage. Mm -hmm. uh, also, it kind of just seems like uh, Rod or Retrieve Knockman data or whatever and Engage might might just be the defaults that people still go to. Um, I don't know if I'm missing something, but it kind of just seems like the secondaries didn't really change too much. <laughs> yeah, I think it's mostly the way that you play the game that has changed. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, my apologies. We jumped a little bit too quickly here. Before we go on any further, let me just say that this show is brought to you by FrontlineGaming.org, where you can get amazing game mats for not just your 40K games, but almost any tabletop game out there. Purchase miniatures at a discount and join some of the largest 40K events in the industry. They also have the largest 40K podcasting network in the business with shows like Signals for the Frontline, Chapter Tactics, The Thursday Show with Adam Camillari, and so much more. Uh, that's FrontlineGaming.org, uh, or you can click on uh, the link in all the social media goodies out there. Bro, what do you guys think about that? I didn't even read anything for that. It was all in my head. All right. That was actually you are, was that yeah. all just off the rip? Bro. That was just all off the rip. Just I'm, actually, I'm actually really impressed. That was good. <laughs> yeah, that's sick. All right, Bricky. So we call indoctrination. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> just drilled into my head. 
All right, Ricky. down their icons. <laughs> <They're> down. <laughs> Ricky, tell me, uh, tell me what you think about all the new uh, missions and what you think about the GT. Who? I said Bricky. So you? Oh, oh yeah, you yeah. must cut that off. Um, bad, bad. Actually, I'd rather have Scarry goes first so I can formulate my opinion after hearing. Gotcha, his. gotcha. He's the goon hammer. All yeah. right, here we go. <laughs> Scarry, goon hammer us up. The the missions are like flowing water going downstream that moves around the rocks and then washes into the ocean of potential. I made a mistake. <laughs> you had your um, time in the spotlight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, um, I, I do like the missions. I've, I've had an opportunity to play quite a few of the new missions. I've gone to a tournament recently as well where we got to play the new missions as well and the new data slate pack and the balance update. So that's something. But um, uh, I like how much the mission is more about chipping away at the points and how, it, how you have to be even more interactive than you were to gain more points more frequently throughout the course of the game. Sort of forces you to play the game, not just like score 45 points in three turns and then have two turns to kind of do whatever you want almost. Mm. You really have to sort of like play the game little intervals throughout the whole game now. And it's, yeah, it's a different, it's a different feeling. Um, it's, I don't think it's a bad feeling, but it's definitely reminiscent of the original missions. However, I do like that you have to play the game more. That is very well spoken. Um, yeah. I, for the most part, I agree as well. Um, the only problem that I have and like, we'll, 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 we'll touch on it as, uh, as we go on throughout the rest of this episode. Um, uh, there's a lot of bookkeeping for these missions. Um, in my opinion, um, I also don't like that it's going from like intervals of five where it's like more easily digestible, uh, you know, to see how many points you are scoring with five, 10 and 15, you know, things like that. Um, to now being like, you can have a turn where you get nine points, or you can have a turn where you get seven points, or you can have your primaries be like 13 points. And then at that point, it's like, it's a little bit confusing adding all those weird numbers up uh, very quickly to determine how you are doing in the game. Um, yeah. The, I have other problems with it, but, you know, I'm trying to not be a negative Nancy here. So, Bricky, how about you drive us home on what you think about the GTA? Uh, oh, I'll drive you home, Matt. Don't you worry. <laughs> Thank um, you so much. Yeah, you know, I'm Scary. Would definitely can can probably attest to this. But back back in the day, the the missions were always supposed to be were kind of like scenarios. You know, it was like, hey, we're fighting here for for like a reason. I remember me and my buddies would like we'll put like a little Necron piece of terrain in the center and say, hey, it's 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 not malfunctioning. If you get too close to it, you might get zapped, take damage, or you know, you make them kind of weird things like that. But it was always fluff and never competitive, and didn't really have a place in competitive. I kind of like how they're trying to make a competitive version of that, of like a fluffy mission. Um, some of them I think are rough, like tear down their icons. If you're playing knights, it's just like, well, sucks, dude. You don't get to, unless I read this wrong, it's just basically like, hey, no bombs for you. Um, but of course, knights are, are you know, they're, they're an edition codex. You never know at that point. But mm -hmm. I like the idea that, that in a sense, I think your list needs to be prepared for these missions and prepared for a various amount of missions. So there's more skill in the list building and gameplay phase alike. But I feel like a very certain amount of armies are just going to get kind of shafted, like um, like 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 knights, for example. Yeah. So I, I think overall yeah. I like it, but I play 
armies that are good for it, like mm-hmm. Guard and Sisters and Krons and CSM custodians, you know? Like, I can't imagine running Crusher Stampede or running Knights or something like that and trying out this kind of thing or, like, running Triple Keeper of Secrets or whatever. Yeah. Um, I think that also the game is very uh, attacker-defender feeling. A lot of the missions are very attacker-defender feeling where uh, first turn you need to put the pressure on really, really hard because there are some missions where second turn they can spike a lot of points at the end of the game. Um, so it's, like, your duty to kind of just uh, be super aggressive. Um, but, you know... We'll talk about it as it comes out. Uh, let's start with the first mission here. Uh, we're talking about Recover the Relics. This is a, uh, what would you call this, a hamburger? Hamburger deployment? Is this Dawn of War? Hammer and Anvil? Is that what, is that what you guys call it? I, I think we call it hamburger, yeah. Cause hamburger. It's, it's, it's fat, not long. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Is that okay if we call it hamburger? Well, that, is, that, is a, that is a new term. I am learning from you, uh, you wonderful you are children. Dawn of War, hammer and <laughs> No, it's a hot dog hammer, hamburger. Hammer and anvil, okay? I get it, I get it. But hamburger works fine. Yeah. yeah. Ham- hamburger and anvil. I like that hamburger, hamburger and anvil. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so everyone at home, hamburger bro. <laughs> All right, so recover the relics. Uh, this is a hold one, or uh, it's a hold one, hold two, hold more objective. Okay, uh, you have six objectives on this map. Uh, the mission rules is that uh, in this mission, a player only receives the Battleforge CP bonus at the start of their command phase if they control either one or more objective markers in their opponent's territory or if they control one or more objective markers in no man's land. And then if you control your uh, the objective marker in your opponent's deployment zone, you also gain an additional one CP. Um, on top of that, for the progressive objective... You score one point every time that you kill an enemy unit, and that's pretty much it. Uh, pretty cut and dry. I think that this is a really basic uh, mission, and I think that it's uh, it's pretty cool. I like it. I, I also like the way that uh, you can play around with uh, stopping someone from taking or from getting CP if you're smart enough. Um, I like it. I think it's okay. Uh, what do you think, John P? Yeah, forward deploy. Got to be super good in this one if you yeah. want that extra CP. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, like you said, straightforward mission, kill things, you score points up to a maximum of three. Um, I guess it'll, it'll kind of force people to maybe feel like they need to pace themselves when they kill people if they, uh, if they want to max out the points. But I mean, if you, if, if you kill your opponent, they're not going to score points, yeah. you know, so. If you kill, if you, gonna... <laughs> if you kill them, they can't do anything, right, John Peter? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, if you table them turn three, you're going to lose out on six points. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Because you can't score those three in the next two turns. But mm-hmm. yeah. yeah, but they're going to lose out on all their points. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. After that. Yeah, but I guess uh, I guess if you're going for that like perfect 600-0 run at a GT, you're not oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, one thing that I do want to say is that you know I've I've played these missions a lot. Um, because uh, Adam was here and we were playing like a bunch of the new missions and everything. I played it with Kenny. I played these missions a lot, and you know the CP, you know, not getting CP at the start of your turn. Man, that feels bad. It like mm-hmm. <laughs> it really hurts when it happens. Um, it's a big deal. Yeah, it's a really big deal. Uh, Bricky, what do you think about this mission? Um, yeah, actually, I realized reading the mission rules, you will not get CP turn one because you don't hold unless yep. you have forward deploy stuff. Yes. Um, well, yeah, unless you have the beginning of battle round stuff because you would only hold your objective, which means turn one you wouldn't get CP. 
which is really interesting. But yeah. I, I do like it. I like the fact that the mission rules specifically state you need to go out and get stuff and not turtle up. But the killing them progressive object objective is like just killing stuff is good for like turtling up. Mm -hmm. So it's like it it kind of has both sides. And it's it's nice, and I, and I like this this deployment. It's just a nice deployment. Yeah. Close objectives, but not you know too far away. And yeah, it sounds fun. It's it's probably the most vanilla basic of them all. I think. Yeah, it's one of them. I would say. Yeah, uh, Scary opinions about it. Uh, this mission was one of the ones that GW previewed on their website. So it's probably oh, it's one of the two that we had the longest to read and take a look at. Mm -hmm. It's also a mission where a lot of secondaries in the book work really well. Um, you have three objectives near your deployment zone for banners. You have a deep deployment zone where you can hide stuff if you're doing like to the last. Mm -hmm. You can, you know, you can like zone out the, the deployment zone relatively easy with few units. Um, the bonus point, and this is a theme that you're going to see along in this, in, in the actual Nackland book, is a lot of these army rules or, or mission rules sort of like favor or um, kick certain list builds where it hurts. Um, and I think that's, this is by design. You know, in this case, you know, because of the way the missions are play, uh, uh, built, there's lots of actions and stuff, armies are, might tend to, to go towards more of a multiple small unit or what we call MSU-style build. But this mission punishes you for bringing an MSU-style build, giving up lots of points for the bonus, right? And this is a theme we're going to see throughout the missions where different missions will have different sort of army rules that it will impact how you want to build your armies because of the other missions. You know, something that's, uh, that's prevalent in Age of Sigmar with a lot of the missions where you need to have a balanced list to play in all of the missions that you might play. I think it's, it's going to come out more as well as we play in this season um, with the Nackman book. Yeah, I a hundred percent agree with that. Um, I think that it's some armies are going to have a hard time building an all rounder list for all the missions in this book, as well as taking secondaries. It could be kind of a hassle, especially if you have an eighth edition book as of right now, it could be a lot harder. Um, but yeah, I hundred percent agree. So that was, uh, mission number 11. Let's move on to mission number 12. Cause we got a lot of these, uh, mission number 12. This one's called tear down their icons. Uh, this one, uh, <laughs> this one has two different, uh, uh, actions that you can do. You can prime explosives where, uh, basically if you get inside of your opponent's table or, uh, your opponent's territory, you can prime an explosive. Uh, if you are OPSEC, it does it immediately. If you are not OPSEC, you have to wait until your next command phase in order to drop it. Uh, but once that, uh, once that explosive is primed, then your opponent can then do an action called defuse explosives. And this one, it's a, uh, a unit can uh, attempt to defuse an, uh, a, a, an explosive. If they are OPSEC, it does it immediately or at the end of your turn, and you don't have to do anything about it because it passes it automatically if it has OPSEC. And if it doesn't have OPSEC, then it has to be on a four up. Then it gets rid of it. Um, on top of that, at the end of the game, you get four points for every primed explosive that you have in your opponent's territory. Uh, this one is pretty interesting. Um, this is a diagonal uh, deployment as well. So it's very easy to get into your opponent's territory. You literally just go into the corner, you move five inches, and then boom, you could drop an explosive. They have to be outside of nine inches from each other, which is a, a, a pretty decent caveat, but it's really not that difficult. Um, 
this one, I have a big problem with it. I, I don't like this objective, but I think that it's fun. I just don't think that there is a place for it in a GT setting. Um, but I do think that it is funny. I've played it already, and it, like, you know, it's, 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 it's a good time. So let's start off with uh, Skari on what you think about this mission. So the first time reading the mission, I thought it was kind of weird. Then I played the mission a few times, and I love it. My army is very good at this mission. And by my army, I mean MSU Drukari, where I have tons of little units that can put bombs everywhere. And it's really fun. Um, and uh, it, you know what? It, it, you, it, the five objectives, it means that it's really good for armies that can still hold the middle of the board really well. Um, you know, you're, you're still fighting over you know, an odd number of objectives. You're going back and forth. It does reward positioning and doing actions. So this is a mission that really rewards having lots of small little units that can go around and do lots of things, mm-hmm. right? And I think that's, a, that's, it's, that's just a different style of mission, special rule for the bonus yep. um, in, in this case as well. In terms of, and it's nothing, like, with RTTs, you know, Ricky, you were saying about, like, narrative-style missions. Like, back in the day, like 20 years ago, when... Uh, Games Workshop had their rogue trader tournaments, which is where the term RTT comes from. It was like a little tournament pack that they would send to stores to run events. They had missions in these packs. And some of them were weird stuff, like give your opponent an elite model from your army, and that is a trader that you have to try kill, and it fights on your opponent's army, and you have to do the same. <laughs> you have to like trade a model or something. Anyway, it's like weird stuff. But yeah, really wacky like, shit. Yeah, this is like reminiscent of that, but in like more of a ninth edition way. I, I like it. It you know it keeps you on your toes. Mm-hmm. I also want to point out that uh, the action can be done with any unit. It's just one unit, yeah. so you can have like a, a tank do the action. You um, can do it with a warglaive and a subsec. Yeah, just saying. Yeah, is that not listed in the core rules that only infantry can do actions? No, no, depends on the action. Yep. Oh. Yeah. So. Oh, that changes my mind on this one a little bit. I thought this was like going to be a terrible nice one, but I guess a knight, a knight can just put a little ball. Yeah, but then, but then you're sacrificing your knight's entire shooting phase for mm-hmm. and, and, and melee phase. But it's four points for now. You might not know. Nice might not, might get a like shoot and do an action thing. Yeah, yeah, I, I'd imagine so. You know, yeah. John P. How about you? Uh, tell us what you think about this one. Yeah, I, when I read this one, um, after rereading it a few times, because uh, there's a lot of words there, uh, I definitely got the feeling that OPSEC was going to be very, very important um, with the rest of the missions, and just having infantry and troops also going to be very, very important, um, especially if more of the missions follow this trend. Um, just I guess just having the, those disposable units that you don't need to be fighting things. Uh, pretty key. Um, I can imagine people just starting the game and just like, Hugging that corner uh, right next to the other player's territory and just slowly planting bombs nine inches away from each other. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Interceptors love this. <laughs> um, Bricky, yep. uh, Bricky, what do you think about this uh, this mission? I, for, at first, I was a little bit worried because I thought first turn players were going to get this like super, super easily. But then I realized it has to be in your opponent's territory, which is their half, I'm assuming. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. So that's kind of that's that's kind of nice because then unless you've got some really fast like either forward deploying or something like that, it's a little bit harder to pull off, and that like makes gives you a reason to run that kind of unit. Yeah, but but I didn't realize that the detonation, deployment. the points arrive at the end of the game, 
So yes. you need to have like five or it's four points each. Yeah, they're four points each. So so four minimum little pl- things placed around at the end of the game. And so that does give the second player something nice because then they can place the bomb and no one can stop them at all. Like mm-hmm. that's free, free four points. Uh, but it is really fun. It, this is really like a how much obsec did you take? Uh, but I like the concept of putting down a bomb and then, you know, kind of forcing your opponent to come to you and then they might need to pull away from an area and then you can take the area from them. And I, I think heroic intervention is going to be so good because you put it right there. And then if you're like space wolves or, or like custodians, you just kind of sit there and be like, yeah, come on, come, come defuse it, you know? Yeah, because uh, fighting does not stop an action, but you know, getting heroically intervened by Trajan or something sure as shit might. Yeah, exactly. Um, now, uh, one thing that uh, is something that you should know is that in order to defuse the bomb, you can't have enemy units near the bomb. So that means that on your turn, oh. if you uh, if you plant a bomb, what you have to do is you have to first kill off that unit. And then on your next turn, because the action starts at your movement phase or at the end of your movement phase or somewhere around there, uh, that means that the soonest that you can defuse the bomb is on your next turn. Um, oh. So when you... Once are, the bombs are placed, it's very hard to get them off. Yeah, you mm. have to dedicate an obsec unit to do it immediately. And if you don't have that, you have to roll a four up in order to do it, which is what becomes a problem. If you, if you miss out on it because you can only do this action once... If you miss on it, if you miss out on it once, you're suddenly on a really, really big back foot where it's like your opponent's going to get four points regardless, no matter what, because you do not have enough turns in order to get rid of all the bombs. You can only do it once per round. So what you can mm. also do to game the system as well with this is that you can plant a bomb, your opponent gets rid of your units that are next to it, and then you just take another unit and you put it right next to it. And then again, it's a rinse and repeat. They can't start the action until that unit is completely gone and then do it on their next As I said, beautiful for MSU armies. And I love that there's a mission that actually works really well for MSU. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And then since it's end of round scoring, you have to score it at the end of your turn. If you have second turn, you get end of round scoring. So your primaries, you can get 12 points on your primaries. And then you can spike this, drop another explosive. If somebody drops it once, then you're looking at a 20-point swing for second turn. Um, Which is, you know... It's cool for second turn. This is what I'm saying with like a, the whole attacker defender thing where you really have to put second turn into a huge hole if you are first turn. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. It, it's a really fun mission. But yeah. yeah, now that I'm reading it more, I'm a little bit worried. But I mean, Scar's played it more than any of us. So mm-hmm. obviously, Slang's there. But he's yeah. placed through Drakon. And again, I am biased. I'm playing an, a full MSU army that yeah. was designed to play this mission when a I really play it. Like, one too. Tons, I have six little MSU units that are just putting bombs everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> and. So like if you're, yeah, they're, if, all, like, and they're fast. Yeah, and if you're <laughs> if you're really looking at it right, if we if we really want to dissect this, then it's like, this is three actions that you have to do per turn, and so that's three. If it, or this is two actions you have to do per turn, right? Prime and then diffuse, and that means that if you take a shadow operations, that's three action monkeys that you're looking at in your army, and so yep. if you're making like a full well-rounded list, uh, to work with every single mission it can be kind of hard for multiple different armies um but yeah so that's tear down their icons uh moving on mission number 13 data scry salvage uh this one is a whole two mission this is the first one that we have in the book it's a whole two mission 
for a hold two, hold three, hold more. Uh, this one is that uh, for data intercept, you have an action that you can do where one unit from your army can start to perform this action at the end of your movement phase if it is within range of the objective marker within its own deployment zone and no enemy units are within range of that objective marker. Um, this is also a sticky objective as well, but with a small little caveat where it's only sticky if you hold the objective at the end of your command phase uh, with an OPSEC unit, then it becomes sticky. Uh, if you just hold it with like a regular unit, it's not sticky. That's a big, uh, that's a big change from the last mission pack. Yeah. Um, that makes things like infiltrators and, um, necrons that move forward and rob sec, you know, like a lot more powerful uh, mm -hmm. to hold, to actually hold it. And you can't just do it with things like mandrakes, for example, which are not obsec. Yeah. It's a, it's an interesting change. I actually really like that part a lot. Um, and then the progressive objective is data intercept. And uh, you score points uh, after you do the action, the data intercept action. You score points if you control uh, for how many objectives you control in no man's land. Um, so equal to the number of objective markers. Yeah, in no man's land to a maximum of three points per action. Yeah, boy. Pretty interesting. I actually like this one. I think that this one's fine. Uh, let's start off with John P. What do you think about this objective, sir? Yeah, uh, I think it's it's essentially the same as uh, it was in the previous one. So it's a they changed the uh, mission to secondary to like I guess the, the it's built in now, and then they changed that uh, data yeah. terminal uh, sticky objective obsec only. Mm -hmm. um, I, I I like this one also. I mean, I'm I'm a big fan of this mission because it promotes just a lot of interaction. All objectives or the four us six objectives are straight down the line in the center, and you have to be holding two, holding three in order to actually. Uh, in order to actually get your primaries. So, yeah, I am a big fan of this one. Yeah, I like this one a lot. Um, Scary, what do you think about this mission? This mission was uh, one of the good ones for Drukari in the old mission book, especially because of Mandrakes and being able to forward deploy, grab objectives, and because of the speed. I think uh, this mission forces you to get into the middle, get stuck in. But because there's four objectives, you can go to one side or the other. Right, so you can kind of pick where you want to fight to try and hold points, and it is one of those where if you can deny your opponent primary, that can be really mean. Like you just, it's one of those where you can attack the primary and stop people from scoring it very easily because you just have to contest the ones in the middle. You don't even have to go to that backfield objective. Mm -hmm. um, however, in this mission, um, it's not the one where you lose points if you lose the backfield objective, I don't no. think. No, it's not. No. But the sticky objectives is, I like the change to sticky objectives because it makes things like infiltrators and incursors for like space rings a lot more valuable in this kind of mission. I think that's good. Yeah, I absolutely love the change to it. I, I, I love it. Uh, Bricky, what do you think? Well, this is a hold two, which I didn't, I don't know if we mentioned this is a, which is nice that it's sticky. So, cause it's a hold two, hold three. Um, there's a couple of things reading in this that I'm a little bit interested with. Uh, for one, unlike the old data intercepts, or maybe it's the other one, uh, this one's completed at the end of your turn, not the command phase. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah. but it's also, uh, it also states that you have to perform this action at the range, at the end of your movement phase if it's within range of an objective marker within its own deployment zone. And since this map only has one, then that means if you take them off their their deployment zone objective, you have massively neutered some some stuff for them, like because um, yeah. then they have to either bring something to replace it and then do the action, uh, or get you off of it because they have to hold it. 
Um, so I and like luckily it's at the end of your turn the objective. So if you it was command phase like before, taking them off their backfield would be really really deck like painful. Um, but it, it's interesting. I, I like how it's points for holding no man's land specifically. You don't count your objective. Um, holding getting a max of three sounds very hard, especially in this one because there's only four total and it has to be no man's land. So I like I like the idea of some ideas. You know, like uh. You know, spending two CP to forward move a, a thing of custodies bikes, and you know, we're getting first turn and putting those bikes up with our fourteen inches, then charging the people on the backfield objective and just throwing their plan completely out of whack, or a big squad of Terminators, uh, Emperor's children, honor the prince coming down in the back and just ripping you off that object. Like there's there's a it's a fight for no man's land, but you can kind of like stab them in the heart and get around them. Uh, it's it's fun. All right, so moving on to mission number twenty one. We're going to Abandoned Sanctuaries. This one is one that AdMech hates and Jane Sawyer Colts hate. Uh, this one, you cannot do any scout moves. You cannot do any um, any moves. In pre-game the- moves. Yep, no pre-game yeah. moves at all in this mission. Um, it is a hot dog deployment. Uh, it's a hold one, hold two, hold hot more. Yeah, hot dog deployment. And uh, at the end of your turn, the player whose turn it is scores two points if they satisfy at least one of the following conditions. They control the objective marker in the center of the battlefield, or they destroyed at least one enemy unit that was within six inches of the center of the battlefield at the start of their turn. Uh, So you get two points if you uh, satisfy any of those. And then additionally, at the end of the battle, whichever player controls the objective marker in the center of the battlefield scores five victory points just outright. Yeah, boy. Uh, let's start with uh, Bricky. What do you think about this object or this mission? Oh, one thing I was really glad to read on the mission rules is that you can't set up at four deploy in no man's land, but you can in the opponent's deployment zone, I believe. So you can still yeah. do like backfield deep strike and stuff, but four deploy like in the center is a no go. Yeah, well, so, I, don't, I don't think that there's any deep strike that you can do pre game before the game starts. Very- is Very there... few things allow you to do that. Yeah. But like most forward deploys, you have to be outside of the enemy deployment zone. Oh, this is this is only for turn one. Yeah, it's only. Yeah. For turn yeah. one. Oh, I thought this was like the entire game. Oh, oh no, that would be broken. Oh, that'd be like, okay, okay, okay good, 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 good. Okay, like, I was a little worried about that one. Yeah. Um, that's that that still is a kick in the teeth though. Um, no, I, I like this one. I like how skewed it is for the end of the battle. This seems like one of those I decided to bring a 20 block of sisters and gave them a four up invul and transhuman because they're on an objective or I ran 20 Necron warriors and it just dead in the center field because not only it's nice that if you control the objective, you get two points, but basically if your opponent kills the unit that controlled it, they get two points, you know, yeah. it's the identical, it's almost the identical kind of thing, you know? Um, but I love the fact that at the end of the game, you just get a, a fat five points if you if you hold the center one. So, yeah. you know, often we'll kind of call the game early because it's just it's going so far one way like that five points is pretty big. So it's kind of makes you want to keep playing it. And that's fun. Exactly. And especially since this is a what is this? One, two, three, four, five objective mission. If you go mm-hmm. second, you know, you have end of game scoring for 12 points. If you can if you can survive that long, which a lot of people honestly can. A lot of people like second turn now uh you get those 12 points and then you just boom fat uh a fat uh extra five points for just controlling the middle objective marker as well which is something that you're going to want to do anyways plus you get another two points on top of that before the end of the uh before the end of the game right so you're looking at if you're 
going second turn, you're looking at about a 19-point swing on this objective if you can get onto all three objectives uh, or get, you know, hold more and everything like that, stuff like that. All right. Skari, what do you think about this mission? This mission, I love the fact, and I know people um, feel strongly about this. I feel strongly about the fact that I love that it stops forward deploying and free pre-game movement. I think it's fantastic that there's missions like this that tackle list builds directly. No Forlorn Fury for Blood Angels, no Space Rain Ultramarine Dreadnoughts like in your face, right? No like Raven Guard stuff, not that you see that very often. You know no Necrons moving into No Man's Land before the game starts. No crazy big unit of uh, Admech horse dogs. So it gives an army that's slow and methodical a chance to sort of get situated before they get moved blocked by a bunch of stuff, right? Yeah. Or it gives an opportunity for an army that has, say, planes. Like an Admech army with like a big, like planes could like move block with the planes instead of having to, like needing that forward deploy. So it just changes the game style. And because the, mission, the objectives are so close in the middle, like Death Guard are going to do really well in this mission. You know what I mean? Like just getting up into the middle and getting nitty-gritty. And I, I think it's really cool to have a mission that works well into their favor. You know what I mean? That they will, that they will feel more home and comfortable playing. Yeah, definitely helps out things like uh, your Dark Angels, uh, things that move slow and just want to get into the middle of the board and just stand there. Um, mm-hmm. I think that helps mm-hmm. them out a lot. And then it stops things like Gene Stealers, like Pure Strange Gene Stealers especially, because I know that that's a really big yeah. feels-bad thing that's happening right now because they get the pre-movement, uh, pre-game move, and then like they're just immediately in your uh, deployment zone like on turn one. Um, so I think that this helps out a lot in that aspect, and I really like it. Uh, John mm-hmm. Also, um, it's Dawn of War deployment. None of this hot dog stuff. It's a hot okay? dog. Dawn it's a hot dog. It's a hot dog. It's a hot dog. It's it's a hot dog. dog. There's even yeah. mustard on the or, or ketchup yeah. on the butt. Fuck. There's mustard in there. There's mustard. Some sauerkraut. You know, get some get some relish in there. Speaking of hot dogs, yeah, yeah, there's relish on the top, ketchup on the bottom. Yeah, speaking of hot dogs, a fellow hot dog lover here, John P. How about you tell me what you think about this? I do love me a nice hot dog with uh, mustard, glizzy. Bro. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, I think Sky kind of hit on the head. Yeah, a lot of armies usually get you. You get rewarded for being fast. You know, being fast is a good thing. Um, like no matter what, and um, it it doesn't necessarily like it's not a bad thing to be faster, but it helps out to slow people. <laughs> Yeah, definitely. Helps out. You know what? You know who it actually helps out a lot? Whoever's hungry and needs a hot dog. Yeah, pretty much. I, d- I didn't have a good segue there. I'm sorry. Oh, oh I thought <laughs> I was, was going like, to be like me because I'm slow. No, 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 but no, all right. no, no. Uh, all right, moving on to mission number 22. We got conversion here. Uh, this one is a little bit different. Uh, this one. You receive your Battleford CP bonus if your Warlord is on the battlefield, whether it's on the battlefield or whether it's inside of a transport. This has the um, the corner deployment with uh, the middle having a 9-inch radius of uh, what you can't be in, right? That's your no-man's land. Uh, this is a hold 1, hold 2, hold 3. 
um, or hold more. And then the progressive objective is that at the end of each player's turn, the player whose turn it is scores four points if they control the objective marker and their opponent's deployment zone, scores two points if they control one or more objective markers uh, that are in no man's land, and they lose one victory point if they do not control the objective marker in their own deployment zone. A player's victory point score can never be reduced to less than zero. Uh, one thing I want to say about this is if you are losing your the, the objective marker in your own deployment zone, you might have already lost anyways. Uh, so that one point deficit really isn't going to mean anything. Um, but yeah, I just wanted to point that out real quick before we uh, start doing this roundtable on what everyone else thinks. Let's start off with John P. What do you think about this mission? Yeah, another mission where I guess list building comes into play because uh, this one, uh, your warlord is going to be vital for you to get CP. Uh, I know some people do run like their warlord more as like a frontline thing and having them go in, fight, kill things, and eventually just having them dying. And if they do die here, um, you won't be getting those CP. Bricky at LVO, I think you your warlord was just going like ham, right, in the backline most of your games. Yeah, my warlord was my my raptor lord with a jetpack, and he he didn't die much. Oh well, no, he died a lot because I kept pushing him in the front because he was fast and he was like a little he was like a little murdery boy but um but but yeah no, I, I get what you mean like i i can't imagine playing like magnus and he's your warlord <laughs> and he just gets popped turn one it's yeah. like there goes my cp <laughs> yeah. my cp but yeah i in addition to like the special mission rules for getting cp uh let's see here this is what, what was this before i forgot what it was called but like it's this is the one that it's really good for fast armies yeah this is the um, one where it's like points if you hold the center more points if you hold the center and the opponent's one or whatever that was it would give you like seven points or something insane yeah yeah and then also the no man's land for this is like minuscule you just have that little like 18 inch circle in the center <laughs> so you mm -hmm. can you could be up in your opponent's face real quick oh yeah definitely this also stops things like um uh, things like your murdery warlords, like what you were saying, one of the biggest ones that's out right now is like a flying hive tyrant that like ignores invulns and stuff. Um, that would usually be your warlord because you can get the warlord trait to get plus D3 attacks. Um, and then boom, it's dead. Oh, no more CP. So you can't go as ham like what you were saying. Um, yeah, which no, I th no free breaking I, through each turn. Yeah, I think, I, which I think is <laughs> healthy. Using a different book. Yeah, I, I honestly think that's a healthy change. Um, I think it's good. I like it. I think that it makes it so then it's a lot less alpha strike heavy and gives second turn more time to kind of live, I guess. Uh, Skari, what do you think about this mission? Well, this deployment zone is a very aggressive deployment zone. You know, being that there's only 18 inches in between the two deployment zones, like you can get up into someone's face very, very quickly. And once again, it sort of rewards that fight for the objectives in the middle. So, you know, players are definitely being encouraged to take stuff that can fight and scrap and, like, go back and forth um, and without having to overcommit. Like, you're gonna have to you have to have little throwaway units in case you go first to kind of throw into the middle to get your bonus points. But at the same time, you know, I love this deployment because it allows you to move out into the two table quarters onto the sides and kind of create your own deployment zone in a way. Um, you know, at the same time, you can't just abandon your home field objective or you're going to get punished for it. So, yeah, I like that that's sort of built into the, to the, like the mission itself, and it makes it feel unique. And armies that do have a big warlord, like a knight army, right, or an army that took a warglaive as their warlord or something, you'd be like, 
you might have 14 war glaives, but if I kill that one, no more CP for you. You know, that, that's, you know, it, it changes how we look at Warlord. You know, going in and trying to assassinate the Warlord is a viable tactic, like mid-game, to at least slow them down in terms of CP usage. You know, I think adding that level into a, just a mission, I think, is interesting. Yeah, especially since, like, doing stuff like assassination, like killing off a Warlord, it's not a big deal anymore. Um, you know, with the uh, 20... You know, 2021 GTs and everything like that. Um, like, people really didn't... Half the time that I played against people, I didn't know who their warlord was and didn't care. You know? <laughs> like, mm-hmm. at True. least now, I'm just like, what's who's your warlord? I'm going to kill him. I'm going to try to kill him. Your warlord. Like, I'm imagining playing Admic, my warlord's going to be like a, a Skatari Marshal or something. T3, four wounds, like three up save, five up invuln. Yeah. And, like, just instantly die to something with like just throw four more wounds at it or just snipe it. Ignore the um, lookout sir rule. Breaking through. Yeah. Snipers. Yeah. Yeah. Every time. Uh, bodyguard. I did every- Shut. <laughs> oh yeah. Stop. Bodyguard rule. As as a sisters player, I can't talk. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Ricky, what do you think about this mission before we move on? Um, I, I like it a lot. I like the fact that killing the warlord actually means something more than just uh, an extra one point for assassinate. Um, I think it's a little punishing for people who like to take the really big warlords, like the Silent King or Mortarian. Um, but whatever sucks. Uh, I actually really like when objectives can lose points. I've always thought that's fun because then there's a way to turn the tables, at least in a very light amount. And I mean, we've all had games that came down like two points or something and being able to pull yeah. it away from someone, eh, it's kind of fun. Um, I also like how that though, um, the minus one point is only at the end of the, the person's turn. So they, at least they have a turn to kind of take it back. Um, but hey, you never know. It's a fun one. It's, it's a little, I'd say it's a little boring overall. And I, don't, and I always hate the circle one in the center, um, but it's like not bad. Next one's the scouring, though, yeah. so let's talk about that one's more fun to talk yeah. about. So we got the scouring. Talk about a glow-up. Going from a mission that was, like, probably the hardest <laughs> mission in the game um, where, like, second turn, just, like, you want to go second on the scouring. Like, if you go second on the scouring, it's, like, almost an auto win. Uh, yeah, so the scouring was really hard. Uh, the change to this one is that you no longer have that little box deployment in the scouring. It's now the whole <laughs> edge to edge which means that you're not spending points for strategic reserves if you can't fit your entire army on there which is really nice um this one is a hold one hold two hold more uh you have an action called aspect scan one unit from your army can start to perform this action at the end of your movement phase if it is within range of an objective marker that has not been scanned by a unit uh basically whenever you scan an objective you get three points at the end of the battle for every single objective that you have scanned um, huge glow up for the, for this mission. I actually love this mission now. I think that this is a great mission. Um, it forces you to fight into the middle. No one's staying inside their deployment zone. If you are, then you're losing points on primaries. I actually like it. Uh, seeing mission or seeing objectives not inside of a deployment zone is really nice for when you're fighting against armies that are castling because now they have to like actually move and do stuff on the board in order to get those primary points and not just stay with inside of their own deployment zone. So I like it a lot. Um, let's move over to John P on what you think about this mission. Yeah, uh, this one is it's going to be very hard to get more than six points, I imagine, on a strategic skin <laughs> um, yeah, right. because you need the objective to be empty, uh, meaning I guess there's no enemy units there. 
if there aren't any enemy units. I mean, it's, it's going to be pretty difficult, like you said, because everyone's going to be out on the battle trying to fight for the center. I doubt you'll ever get to scan the center and the backfield objectives unless you're, like, you're completely dominating the game. But getting those back to going to be not so bad. Um, I absolutely love that they expanded the box <laughs> um, to be the full width of the map. This is one of the... I remember this is being one of the more annoying missions to set up, just having to get all your dice out and make that box. Yeah, right? Yeah. <laughs> you have to actually test if you could even, like, run the box and, like, see if you could even survive it. I think, like, during LVO, even when it got to the scouring mission, so many armies just dropped right there because it's so brutal. Um, one thing that I will note on this mission is that any unit can do it. So, vehicles, you know, you could do, like, a rhino can do it. You can have a rhino do it. That's funny. Uh, <laughs> Scary, what do you think about this mission? I think... The biggest change for this mission is that it became a hold one, hold two, hold more, instead of a hold two, hold like three, hold more. Because back in the day, you had to hold two on a five objective mission where the middle objective is literally the one you're fighting over all the time. Like you either got five points for primary for holding the two near your deployment zone or 15 points for primary because you somehow held the middle, right? So then you de facto held more when you held three. Mm -hmm. So it was like you either got 15 points or you got five points. There was no like in between. And so it was very polarizing. And that I think was like the thing that made it the hardest to play. Because then at the, as you said, the person going second would go, oh, I go second. Now I hold three and I hold more. So I'll get my auto 15 points at the end of the game. Right. And it just became very tough to play the mission, which is why, like, when they decided to run an LVO, I was like, ooh, <laughs> that was pretty spicy. Yeah, right. Um, yeah, and that's it. Other than that, I like the, it's a very simple action. You have to do on objectives. You have to clear the objectives before you can do it. You know, I, I agree with you, John P., where it's like you're going to get six to nine, maybe, like, unless you're completely slaughtering someone, right? Um, and you need an object, a unit that can, that can survive a whole battle round doing it. Right. So, you know, because if they kill that unit, then you just don't complete the action. And it also brings up, there's a lot of abilities in, in armies right now that they're adding to codexes that stop you from doing an action. The action that you're doing instantly fails, you know, um, and then stops you from doing actually like dark angels have like that psychic power that you can do. Necrons have the, 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 the spooky monster, you know, then you've got the, (laughs) <laughs> the psycho answer you know ooga booga homunculus from the dark eldar with dark creed like there's all these mechanics that they're adding in to like next i mean tau tau have the, the 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 array that makes people like demotivated or whatever the yeah. demotivation array um and things like that find value when there's a lot of action-based points that you can get right and so it's something you can go oh, i don't have to kill you you're doing that action i just have to spook you your action fails you can't start that action again and that could tip that that tip the game in your favor right so it's cool to to have missions where that value is apparent heck yeah bricky what do you think about this mission 
deployment zones are bigger and it's hold one, hold two. I could care about the less net the yeah. rest. Let's just go to the next one. <laughs> yeah. All right. Yeah, sure. Sure, sure. Let's go with Tide of Conviction. This is the next one. This is uh, mission number 31. Uh, this one is a hold two mission, hold two, hold three, hold more. Uh, this is a little bit different from the last one. The last one was overrun. Uh, the objectives are moved slightly to each side just a little bit. Uh, this one, uh, you receive uh, CP at the start of your command phase if uh, you control objective markers or if you enjoy the, if you control the objective marker inside of your own deployment zone. Uh, on top of that, the end game objective or the progressive objective, whatever you want to call it, at the end of the player's first, second, third, and fourth turn, the player whose turn it is scores two victory points if they control at least one objective marker in their opponent's territory. And at the end of the battle, each player scores four victory points if they control the objective marker in their opponent's deployment zone and two victory points for each other objective marker that they control that is in their opponent's territory for a maximum of eight victory points per player. This one's a little bit wordy, kind of confusing, so Let's go with the man with the big brain here. Scary, what do you think? Oh, you you uh, flatter me, my good sir. <laughs> um, I think this is a mission that, uh, that rewards aggression. Like if you have those gene stealers that like can forward to like free forward, get up in your face and go and steal your opponent's objective on that first turn or something and just go murder everything on it and stop them from scoring, getting their CP at the start of their turn, it can have a huge impact on the game. I also love the fact that it, the, uh, the, that the objectives are offset and that is a six objective mission with a whole two. Like, I'm so glad that they kind of, you know, it's not like a four objective mission or it's not like a five objective mission to hold two. It's like, no, it's six objectives. It's hold two. Gives you a lot more options. And I, I do like it. Um, and yeah, but going second, it, there's a, there's a trend with all these missions. Yeah, going right? second is incredibly powerful right now. Exactly. Um, I, and it, and it continues with this mission. Uh, yep. I agree with that one. Uh, John P, what do you think about this mission? Yeah, I think it's interesting. That's going to be hold two, hold three, and then you get uh, the four points for doing some or holding the one your opponent's um, territory. So I guess you are stuck with the choice of do I want to hold the three in my territory and just secure my ten points and then slowly move my way over there, or do I want to go do I want to go ham and hold one in my territory and then go for my opponent's other ones? And you, you take that risk, you might lose out on ten points primary um, doing so. But if you if it works out in your favor, you get you get the 15, or you get the 10, and then probably the 4 for the secondary one. Yeah. But yeah, like Scar said, this one's going to uh, promote aggression, definitely. Yep. Uh, Bricky, what do you think? It, I like how gigantic of a swing it is at the end of the game. Because until the end of the game, the max you can get on is 8 points if you do it properly on every single turn. And then it's just this flat out, like, hey, at the end of the game, you know, the first person or first turn player can't just be like, yeah, Got my stuff. I'm done. Like, there's a huge swing at the end there. Uh, up to 16 points. The eight that you could get and the eight the opponent can get. Like, it's it's massive. And it's pretty cool, though I must admit, setting this objective up looks terrible. I'm, I'm not going to enjoy actually putting the mats down. Yeah. It looks like a real pain in the butt. <laughs> um... um but still, it's, uh, it's, it's really cool. Like, they're experimenting a little bit, and it's, it looks like a fun one. Yeah. Um, I, hmm. I agree with Scary in saying that this is another mission where if you go second, you get a huge, huge swing. You're looking at, like, uh, if you control just, like, three um, along with – or if you hold more along with um, 
your primary objectives as well. You know, you're looking at like what if you hold three objectives in the middle, that's another eight points. That's another twenty point swing that you can get off of going second. That's nasty. Um, again, I think that this makes the mission a lot more aggressive, not because you want to get into your opponent's deployment zone and like stop them from getting CP, but because you want to make sure that the person that is going second, if you are going first, has no way of getting a 20 point swing at the very end of the game. Um, and I think that that's what you're going to see as a trend, uh, or that's the trend that we're seeing with a lot of these missions is that you want to get a strong first turn. So then you can stop second turn from scoring super hard. Um, on their turn. Attack and Defender. Very interesting. Um, moving on, we have mission number 32. This is called Death and Zeal. I really like this one. Um, in this mission, if a player controls an objective marker at the end of their command phase and one or more of their units that are in range of it has the objective security ability or a similar rule, it remains under that player's control unless their opponent controls it. So it's a sticky objective, which is really nice. Um, on top of that, this is a hold one, hold two, hold more it's another one it's the exact same replica of uh deployment as the last one that we saw with the circle in the middle uh conversion same thing i'm surprised that they did two of these which is crazy um but uh the progressive objective is called direct assault at the end of each player's turn the player whose turn it is scores two victory points if they satisfy one of the following conditions or three victory points if they satisfy both the following conditions this one's gonna make me laugh uh, they control, so you can get two points if they control every objective marker on the battlefield. Okay, hey. sure. <laughs> or they control at least one objective marker that they did not control at the start of their turn. Um, you can also uh, do, uh, they destroyed at least one enemy unit that was in range of an objective marker at the start of their turn. This one has a lot of play. I like this one a lot. It's a hold one objective with a sticky objective. Which means that, like, you can go ham on this map. I love this map. I think it's so much fun that you just get out of your areas and, uh, you know, you just start just plinking stuff. This is, like, the full-on bloody map um, for this game. And what's also very interesting is that if you have turn one, you can get an easy, like, two points by just not being on your own objective at the start of your turn and then just moving on to it. And then at the end of your turn, you get two points. Like, <laughs> it's pretty funny. Um, yeah, on turn I think it's something you could do. You could like just go super ham with the rest of your army. Just put like one unit in reserve. Turn two, if you feel like it's being, or turn two or three, if you feel like it's being threatened, you just deep strike that guy in. Yeah, <laughs> hold yeah. that objective. Yeah, it's pretty good. I like it a lot. Um, yeah, Jumpy, you want to keep talking about the mission and what? Oh you yeah, about sure. It? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, another circle, uh, which was not expecting. I I thought the same thing when I read that um, that first bullet point. <laughs> they need to control every objective on the battlefield. Or and then that the or the or is what saved it for me, obviously. Yeah, right. But <laughs> I got a good laugh out of that, uh, just like you did. But yeah, yeah uh, uh, you're you're definitely gonna want to go ham, uh, especially considering how close you are. It's the 18 inch circle again. Um, getting to the objective marker is gonna be 12 inches. It's gonna really really help out armies that are fast, like Quins, Eldar, um, mm -hmm. and the likes. <laughs> Whoa! Whoa! All right, uh, Skari, what do you think about this mission? It's the old direct assault. Um, as for the table quarter style deployment, it's a very popular old deployment that they've sort of like has has been around since forever. Uh, so it's nice. To, I do like that they sort of simplified it and go, "Hey, you've got so many like Dawn of War, so many hammer and anvil, so many table quarters for hamburger, hot dogs. I don't know what's this one, the bun. I don't know. You can call it whatever it's, it's you want." A taco. It's a taco. Um, and then you have uh, 
the secondaries are good. Just fight over the objectives. If you take an objective away from your opponent and then they take it back away from you, there's going to be points exchanging hands, right? And and I think you're you're rewarded, as we said before, to play the game and get little points, two points here, two points there, three points, you know, uh, and to just fight for the objectives and to participate more in the game. You know, I think that's, um, you know, that's, that's, it's good. Yeah. This, this style of art, this style of deployment though, really rewards armies like orcs that can like put a lot of pressure on you and like surround you or, you know, like get in, like turn the, that table quarter into like a, like a, like a surround maneuver around your table quarter. So you have to be careful not to get pinned in your zones to know to play the game. Definitely. Uh, Bricky, what do you think? Violence. <laughs> yeah. Wake up and it's just violence. It's very murdery. That's about it. I like it. I, I, yeah, this looks fun. Yeah, yeah. It's one of my favorite ones. Uh, moving on, we have the very last mission here, mission number 33, Secure Missing Artifacts. This is one of the other ones that GW uh, showed off. I hate this one because this is the one where you have to freaking move the objective markers and it's like it's always a pain having to move the objective markers after you put them down and then you have to move the terrain i hate it <laughs> i don't like setting this one up but uh it's the same one as before you get to reposition the objective markers uh the difference is that you get to choose uh your opponent's priority objective marker instead of you choosing your own which means that you get to choose where your opponent is going to be scoring points at for the progressive objective, precious artifacts. At the end of each player's turn, the player whose turn it is scores three victory points if they control the uh, the, pri the priority objective marker that is in their own territory. So interesting there. I think that um, I, I, I literally have nothing to say about this. Um, what do you guys think, Scary? <laughs> well, it's the old priority objectives. I do, you know, you're going to move one of the two objectives in your opponent's territory, regardless, right? So you can usually try and put it out in the open if you want, you know. So it just means that if they want to score that bonus point and they do it with, like, a small unit, you could just kill it constantly or shoot it or, you know, go, like, remove it from the table. It's, it's probably one of the, the simpler ones in terms of mission because it's just hold one, hold two, hold more. But where the nuance comes in is how do you move those objectives? And that's like where you can get the most, uh, you're either trying to condense all the objectives into the middle if you're playing custodies and have like a trifecta of objectives like literally right close to each other, you don't have to go anywhere. Or if you're playing like an Eldar style army or GC cult, you're trying to separate the objectives as much as possible and get as much distance between them as possible to, to take advantage of the fact that you're fast and have MSU. So, you know, there's lots of, like tactical implications to this style of mission, it's nice that they kept it in. John P., what do you think? Yeah, I think uh, if player-optimized terrain is going to continue to be a thing, definitely um, knowing where to place your terrain to try to um, maybe bait your opponent into moving it out of position or into, try, I guess, trying to protect the, the one that's in your deployment zone the best to the best of your ability yeah. is going to be very important. Um, this... This mission also was very, whatchamacallit, um, was very high scoring. <laughs> Everyone was dropping a fat 15 on this usually, and I guess, you know, having them flip it so that your opponent chooses kind of helps helps out, helps that out, uh, kind of nerf it so that you don't score as much. So, yeah, yeah. other than that, it's pretty much the same. Yeah, I think it is pretty balanced. Uh, Bricky, what do you think? I find it funny how you can both choose, to, I think you can both choose the same objective. So, 
I think you both secretly jot it down. I, you could both pick the same one to be the priority one. So I can imagine just like this enormous conge like congealing amount of armies just trying to murder each other over the one singular objective on like the far right side of the map. Yeah. It sounds kind of funny, well, but it's... Um, it has to be in your opponent's territory is where the priority target has to be. Oh, yeah. that's Not dumb. Cool. I hate Oh, I hate this mission. Yeah. It's so <laughs> much fun. Terrible. Bring back Terry on their icons. Oh, oh God. <laughs> and it's, and it's, it's the box. You, oh, it's the diagonal it's one. Diagonal. Ah, yeah. You have to move the objectives. Ah. Ah. <laughs> Too much God, prep. Yeah, bring Bring back tear down their icons yeah. <laughs> more bombs you know what's funny is that you i uh, you can't talk about tear down their icons at an airport like if you're like going to a major you're just like all right what is your plan for tear down their icons it's like dude we cannot talk about this right now <laughs> dude, you, dude, you have no idea last time i did that one i planted eight bombs yeah like all right last time i that. was here i planted eight bombs <laughs> like, you can't do I that i did it last year i'm gonna do it again this year <laughs> yeah dude i've been so good at it i've had some practice yeah yeah um, <laughs> so, uh, to round this one out, let's do a round table of what we think about all the objectives now that we've gone through them and kind of dissected them more. Um, let's, uh, let's start off with John P here. What do you think about all the object or all the missions now that we've broken them all down? Yeah. Um, troops offsec going to be very important. Um, list building is also going to play even more of a factor not even just um, strategically to kill and stay alive, but to do things. I think obviously having action monkeys or even units that can uh, perform an action and still maybe shoot uh, is going to be good. Uh, looking at you, Admech, um, you've got <laughs> the Cataphron Breachers and Techno-Archaeologists that could point the Cataphron Breachers so they can shoot and still perform an, an action. Um, uh, they also have like a world trade to do it. I'm sure a lot of uh, other armies have this, but those are, that's, uh, those are the ones that I know, but yeah, actions, troops. Definitely. Yeah. Um, I think that the game, like a lot of these missions are very, very sec. Uh, has, there's some missions here that are very second turn heavy. Um, if you get second turn, um, you get a lot of points, which I think is a little bit strange just because second turn, at least in my opinion, um, had a lot of advantage already. And now seeing it again, it's like, ooh, it might be a little bit too much of an advantage. I don't know if that's just me, like just because I love second turn so much. Um, but that's my opinion about it. It's also very attacker and defendy. Um, I like that. Scary, what do you think? I'm going to echo what you said there. I think um, going second is incredibly powerful, um, which means that I like this missions for that reason. I think it's, it's good that it rewards you to go second. Because a lot of time, if you go first and you take a lot of damage, you want to have like agency to kind of come back into the game um, by just playing the mission. I think that as a player, you're, you're going to have to pick like different things in list building that are going to help you play the missions. You're going to have to have a plan about to go first and get very aggressive to deny your opponent the ability to score if they're going second to offset that bounce back they can have late game. I think that's going to be incredibly important. But you can't get too aggressive because in like some missions you're not going to be able to use that you know forward deploy for example you know your warlord has to kind of fit in the aggressive slash support element and it's just going to be interesting to see people fight over these little bonuses and these little points and what i've seen in just the missions in general is the point spread has been reduced you know like people don't win by as much anymore 
like if they if they like beat their opponents it's not like you're not seeing the disparity of points that I, we were seeing in the last season mm-hmm. um you know that might change but at least right now like the 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 scores are a lot closer i like that a lot yeah like from the games that i've played i feel the same way man like it's been like two points of a victory or like five ten points of a victory it's never like a shutout anymore as much as like 40 points difference or anything like that um bricky what do you think about these missions i really like them i think it adds more skill in the not just rolling dice and shooting process it requires on the fly decision making it requires more planning it requires better list building along with the secondary changes like the new changes to rod and engage um, I think overall it just means you have to be a better player to do well, which I always like in anything. Um, I will admit, though, we were talking about custodians and how strong they are. You know, there's a Ta stance that no one uses because it's trash, but, but now it's uh, stance one is this unit can perform an action in a turn in which it advanced or fell back, and stance two is perform an action and shoot without failing. Yeah. So... That's, that's gonna good. be that's gonna be nice now. Yeah, that's uh no one ever especially took that before. The, especially if you're in the scouring and you can advance into the middle of the table and start the action and be mm-hmm. like, I'm gonna put my I'm gonna scan the middle objective and I'm durable enough to stay alive. <laughs> or you can fall back from middle combat and go defuse a bomb. Yeah, like, yeah. That, that's that's something there. So custodies, oh boy, <laughs> yeah, dude. Like you know, custodians oh need all the help they can get. Okay? They've been really struggling <laughs> yeah. lately, you know. I'm just saying that I played a game of custodians and I didn't use a single kata, and I still won. And I had no mm. idea what I was doing. I only used three stratagems. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, well, you have breaking through, so you know, shut yeah, up. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, that's it. No, I, no, but what? yeah, it's it's. I love the missions. I, I actually really like the missions. Mm-hmm. There, there was only one good thing that came out of the entire chapter approved, and this was it. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Because um, the point changes weren't great. They were. I'm, 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 I'm not even gonna open up that cookie jar. I'm just gonna keep it closed for right now. I don't know what's in there. Cookie jar. That's <laughs> definitely not a cookie jar. Yeah. It's a. It's a. It's a. What is it? Pandora's box. Keeping it closed. Can of worms. Yeah. Schrodinger's Shro- Shro- uh, yeah. cookie. Yeah. <laughs> Schrodinger's uh, MFM. Um. So, uh, one last question I want to throw out to you guys, and then we'll end off this episode. Is do you think that this mission, like this GT mission pack? will be difficult for newer players to understand. Uh, like, is it another barrier for newer players? Um, which is a really big problem, you know, with 40K is new players coming in and just having, like, a bunch of rules bloats and then seeing this GT mission pack and being like, you know, it's a lot more complicated for people that have been playing all of Ninth Edition and some of 8th Edition or, like, past games. You can definitely, like, skew yourself to understand, like, how to play these missions more, uh, inter- or, like, you know, do it well. What do you think about new players, though? And we'll start off with Skari. I don't think the mission pack is the problem. I think if you're a new player and you get the mission pack and you buy your codex and your friend buys a codex and you decide to put the missions and you just follow the letter of the word, it's not going to be as confusing. Where it gets confusing is you go to a tournament and find out you've got four FAQs you didn't know about and 50 different point changes in three different places. And, you know, and like some errata here and this mission thing over there that you did not know about. That's the, that's the, that's the thing that clogs up the barrier for entry is the fact that when people want to get involved with the community, all of a sudden they're like, 
oh, I'm new. And they're like, here's a whole bunch of other information in not one place that you have to literally scout for yourself or you're not going to be able to like be at the level that everybody else is. But at, at face value, I don't think it's a problem. Like if you were just getting it to play it and gotcha. you didn't have any influence from the outside world. Okay, okay. John P., what do you think? Uh, I think some of the missions are pretty straightforward, like the one, like the old direct assault. Um, so those missions are probably more uh, new per, new player friendly. Um, the ones with the actions, I guess, can be kind of difficult, especially, I mean, tear down the icons. They, the action, the rules for the actions literally take up half the page. Um, but I don't see it as a huge blocker. I guess obviously maybe like, you know, a small little small little wall they have to hop over um but yeah okay all right bricky what do you think nah they just gotta read it it's <laughs> we, we you know we never really read it much we're just like what's the secondary in this one again that intercept huh? <laughs> no but this they actually have to read it and honestly i think this mission pack will teach me more about actions than i've ever taught by playing right now because I, I i did actions for rod and dad intercept and that and banners and that was it and now i need to actually know now i understand it a bit more but yeah what scary said this mission these missions are not the problem that new players are facing right now that that's that's a whole level of digital this and need in physical this and the, the missions i actually think i actually think are better because it's going to teach new players not to just want to kill everything and actually have to because in the beginning when you first start playing you're like this gun's really big i'm gonna take all of them you know three riptides easy and now now you actually have to care and you're like oh well i'm not gonna get any points from this so i'll throw in some troops in here and also i like how the missions kind of reward um people who build an army like an army this 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 in its own right kind of neuter skew, skew lists which i like not entirely but it, it makes it harder so good no more you know yeah. six eldar planes or something <laughs> this should yeah. craft world talk <laughs> all right stop it stop it i'm very angry stop it all right that is it for this episode thank you guys for joining us uh where can we find all y'all it's plug in time scary how about you plug yourself first I am electrified after getting plugged in. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Uh, of course, I'm Scar. You can always find me on uh, YouTube's or Twitches or Patreon or the Art of War or a whole bunch of different places. Just, just look me up. I'm, there's only one of me. I think I saw and, you. Uh, on don't in, chop off my head. I'm pretty sure I saw you on Inquisitor once. You know, on the magazine. Mm-hmm. On this, <laughs> I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. All right, John P. Yeah, you can find me everywhere at Joe Nathan P. Uh, I've been streaming recently, uh, doing some hobbying, playing some Pokemon, playing some a variety of games. So um, come check it out. Heck yeah. And Bricky, where can they find you? Bricky from anywhere. Twitter, Twitch, Patreon, YouTube, everything. Just Bricky. Just just put a Y at the end of Brick. It's easy. Yeah. Um, you can find yeah. me anywhere. If you just type in PewDiePie, that's me. All right. Thank you guys for listening and uh, watching. If you guys like it, make sure you leave a thumbs up. Make sure you leave a comment. Let us know what you guys think about these this new uh, mission pack. And we'll see you guys in the next episode. Goodbye, everybody. Have a good night. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.